Hallo, mein Name ist Nathan Ray und uh, ich bin der Moderator dieses uh, Podcasts, weil wir uh, nicht gleich sind. Oh my gosh, I can't do this. <laughs> I had this all memorized. It's, it's, it's impressive. It's impressive. I, like, yeah, oh my I gosh. Him, I know it's what like, you said. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm, I'm looking at you. <laughs> this is Martin, by the way. He's our guest for the podcast. I totally Hello. it. Hello. <laughs> I, th I think you did great. Awesome. Danke viele. Yeah, um, I think your German is better than my French. Dude, that's not a compliment. <laughs> it's still true, so. I suppose so. So, who are you? How, how do we know each other? Well, we met at, um, well, we met in Orlando. Yes. One day after the send at Jesus Image. And that's where we met. Did anything uh, stand out as particularly memorable about our meeting? About meeting you? Yeah. Well, I remember um, you told me about um, that you're not using your real name on social media, which I thought was, um, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. So um, that's what I remember. And honestly, like after we talked, I thought we're probably never, you know, going to talk again because I always meet people and I met tons of people like at the end or like during that weekend. And you always say like, yeah, you know, like we stay connected or we stay in touch, but then you never do. And so I really didn't expect to ever talk to you again or hear from you again. But then, you know, you just kept messaging me and I thought that was really cool, you know, um, that you, you know, showed interest and we were having these conversations via Facebook or via Messenger. And so now over a year, we're still talking. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I think for myself, like, if I might be totally honest, meeting you was probably the least interesting thing that happened to me that night. <laughs> Well, Although, like, to be fair, it was a pretty <laughs> hectic it, night. Probably the same for me, though. I, I think what, what stuck in my mind was that um, I'm, I'm someone who is rather enamored with the German language, German culture. And so I think you were, like, the second German that I'd ever encountered before. Mm. And so, like, in my mind, I thought to myself, oh, hey, that's cool. Someone from Germany. Someone I can talk to about German culture and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. You asked me some stuff about Germany. I don't think... I don't know. I don't even remember what I said. But, yeah, maybe I, I couldn't, couldn't even tell you that much. Because, you know, I haven't lived there in a while. Like, at this point, you know. Now I'm back in Germany. But at this point, it has been, had been a while since I've been there. So You still sound like you have an accent, though. A German accent? Yes, a German accent. Well, naturally. I mean, I've lived in Germany for 20 years, like the first 20 years of my life. So I guess I will never really lose my accent. But that's okay. That's good, though. Can you do any other accents, like a French accent or an American uh, accent? Like a French accent speaking English? That would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'm trying to do like a Southern accent, like an English Southern accent, but I think it's, and yeah, I don't know. I'm not that good at it and I'm not going to attempt it now. Good idea. <laughs> um, so if I might ask, this past week, uh, we're both Christians. We both believe in yes. God. We're the same in that sense. How has God been working in your life over the last week? 
Amen. So, you know, one thing or like one question that, you know, I was asking myself, or I guess God was asking me is, what am I dependent on? You know, what am I dependent on in life to, you know, fulfill me or to give me a purpose? Or what what is it that I'm living for? And, you know, as Christians, we always say, you know, Jesus is all that I need. And I'm, I'm always dependent on Jesus. But how many times do we say that? Because it's just, you know, what we're supposed to say. And, and it's still, you know, if we still believe it, you know, we still have that head knowledge about it. But like, how many times do we really live like that? And so I was asking myself that question. And like, for me personally, my dream is to like be in full-time ministry. Like I want to be in full-time ministry. I want to be a, a pastor. I I also want to be married and have kids. So so that is a dream of mine. That's something that I'm looking forward to that I anticipate. But what if someone from the future would come? Like if my future self would come visit me and tell me that none of that will ever happen, that I will never be in full-time ministry. I will never get married, never have kids. And just all the things that I'm looking forward to will never happen. So how how would my reaction be? Like, would I get depressed and think, well, what am I living for now? You know, what what's the purpose of my life? Or would I say, well, wait, um, Jesus has promised me to give me life and life to the full. So no matter what's going to happen, I know my life is going to be great because I have Jesus and he's everything that I need. And, you know, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any dreams. And I believe that, you know, God is giving us dreams and he wants us to accomplish and achieve those dreams. And he wants to bless us and he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. But the problem is that I, or the thing is that I can't be dependent on these things to, to fulfill me and to, to give me a purpose. And let's say like when I get married, how terrible would it be if if I would be dependent on my wife to to give me a purpose or if I would be dependent on my wife to give me something that only Jesus could give me and imagine the pressure that would put on her and so I, so I can't be dependent on any of these things I can't be dependent on, on a wife on a certain job because if I'm dependent let's say on people to give me what only Jesus can give me then I would just naturally try to change those people into what I need them to be and you know that's not a good thing and even the last few weeks when you know when church was cancelled I couldn't see my friends I couldn't be in church and I just missed it like crazy and I'm I'm really excited when I can do all that again but in the meantime you know I still really have everything that I need and because I have Jesus so so I guess what I'm saying is that no matter what I have no matter what I don't have no matter who I'm with who I'm not with no matter what job I have or I don't have you know I can be content and I can have that joy and I can have you know that peace I can I have a purpose because I find all of that in Jesus. And I just really want that to become not just something that I say, not just a head knowledge, but it's really a reality that I live in, really, you know, like a truth that I walk in. And, you know, that's really something that God been working on, you know, in, in me and in my life, that this really becomes, you know, more real and learning to really, really be only be dependent on him. And so if I might say this, what I'm hearing you say is like, you're someone who's looking forward at a vision of what you want in life, what you believe that God wants in your life. And you're trying to do what you can to walk towards that vision. And what God is asking for you to do is to just 
stay still and to not worry about how you're going to get to the vision, but just to stay still and abide in him. Right, basically, yes. And because I think, you know, if these dreams, and again, I think it's really important to have dreams and things to look forward to, but it's a problem if those things become more important for us than God. Because if we are dependent on these things to fulfill us, then these things become our gods. And even if they're good things, you know, even if, you know, it's great, you know, like to have dreams and dreams are good, but even if they're good dreams, it's bad if they are more important for us than it is just to live for for Jesus. And I, I think like, if I might speak about how God has been working in my own life over the last week. The most apparent way was when I was uh, talking to you over Messenger about your appearance on the podcast, uh, what I hope to accomplish by bringing you on as a guest. And in that conversation, I had to be direct with you about how I felt like you had rejected God's purpose in your life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into details about that because... I want to respect your privacy. But there was there was just like this question of why did you seemingly abandon this promise that God had given you? And you told mm-hmm. me, no, I didn't abandon the promise. I've, I've still kept my hope in it. And even though I feel like a madman just continuing to hope for this promise that God has given me, that is all that I have. I, I have to rely on God at this point. And I was able to reach out to you and and I was able to I was able to share with you that I was going through a pretty similar situation to you. Mm-hmm. And if I might if I might say I, I still think you have the better hand because you had a direct prophecy given to you multiple times, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just working off of things that feel less substantial. But like, despite where we've come from, you've come from a place of certainty, working towards uncertainty. I've been working from a place of less certainty, Mm. maintaining that lack of certainty in my life. And now we're at a place where we don't know if God is going to keep his promise that he's made to us. And at this point, we can either choose to abandon the promise altogether and reject God, or we can continue moving towards him and let him work in our lives. And I, I think like for me, I just today I came to the realization that I've been waiting so long to just find light at the end of the tunnel so that I could just like I could finally breathe in and relax and not have to worry about when this is all going to end, when it's all going to be fulfilled. And I, I, I just, I came to the realization that I'm not mature enough to receive the fulfillment of that promise at the moment. I just need to stay still. And I just need to abide in God. I need to read my Bible. I need to develop my relationship with God. I can't get distracted by the things that I'm hoping for in the future. Yeah. And all this is going to sound pretty vague to our audience. Like, what the frick are these men talking about? Um, but I guess the point is just to not get distracted by, by anything and really, you know, keep Jesus first. I guess like the main thing from all of this is to just follow Jesus and just know that and do, you know, like, I'm not saying like be passive or like not do anything if God tells you to do something. But like you said, like if we abide in him, you know, what, what do we have to worry about? 
and also know that you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I felt so encu- I felt so encouraged. Like when you shared with me, yeah, I thought like, hey, that's so cool, you know that. And I had no idea, you know, that you were going through this. So I actually thought, you know, that it's so encouraging that you go through a similar experience for even like long, way longer than me, and you still years. haven't really given up. Yeah, that's really really cool. So if we're supposed to stay still and abide in God, how are you doing that over in your homeland of Deutschland? How, how do I stay still and abide in God? And how, how, do you, how do you do that while also like pursuing your dream of ministry? Because I'm assuming oh, that yeah. you want to continue to minister to the right. people around you. And I mean, I'm doing that. And I mean, right now, like at the church that I'm at, I'm like, I'm serving in the prayer team and just do some other things. So I would say like, personally, I'm not trying to open any doors myself, but I just see what, you know, what doors is God opening. And then, you know, I go through them. Even if, even if I am not really sure, you know, what is behind that door, you know, if God opens the door, then I might as well, you know, go through it and see what's, what's on the other side. And so again, I'm not trying to make anything happen. But I will just see, you know, what what God has and be faithful, like at the place where he has me at. Even if it's maybe not the place where I wish I would be, I still try to make like most out of it. And again, like try really be faithful where I'm at and be content where I'm at and say like, hey, God, you have put me here. So I want to give everything that I can. I just want to give it and serve you and let you use me. So what has your ministry journey looked like so far? You mentioned that you lived in Germany for the first 20 years of your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What happened after that? So after, the, after my first 20 years or 21 years, I moved to the U.S. I moved to California. And so let me tell you, before I moved to the U.S., I, I mean, I grew up in a church. I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church and, you know, where they had people speaking in tongues, people getting slain in the spirit, dancing with flags and everything. So I've been in church my whole life, but still I didn't really, I didn't really know Jesus. I mean, I knew a lot about him and I believed in him, but I didn't really have that relationship with him. So, so before I moved to the U.S., I didn't really do anything ministry-wise. And I started attending a church, like it was a really really big church I guess you could say a mega church and it was at that church where I really you know had a God encounter for the first time in my life like a real real God encounter and where I totally got wrecked in his presence and so that's where it really like my faith journey really started like really started so I got really passionate about doing ministry because I wanted other people to know um, to know, just know about God and know about Jesus. And so I, I really started serving in different ministries in the church. And, you know, I've done like so, so many things. I've done youth ministry, I did outreaches, men's ministry, prayer team, I led a small group, did an internship and yeah, and, and basically all this. And, and so what I noticed every time it was really a stretch for me. It like, for example, when I joined the prayer team, I never or barely prayed before that, especially not in a group of people. So I really had no idea what like what to what to pray. And I remember like the first time I joined the prayer meeting, it was always before the church service. 
So I guess like an hour before church started, we met as a team and prayed for the service. So I heard everyone pray and it sounded just so good what they prayed. And they, you know, they were pleading the blood of Jesus. They were like binding the attacks of the enemy and all these things. And I'm like, wow, I did. It sounds so good what they pray. And I just have no idea what to pray. And like, I'm not used to that. So the guy who was leading the prayer meeting, he walks over to me and he kind of whispers in my ear and says, hey, can you pray for the worship team? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I just had no idea what to say. And I'm like, so I kind of was just copying what the other people had prayed and was just saying like, hey, yeah, we bind every tag of the enemy against the worship team. But I didn't really even know what that meant. And then, you know, I just kind of like, was saying something but everyone was just so nice and everyone like encouraged me and said yeah it's so great that you're part of our team and but still like for the first few weeks or even months it was I was always so nervous you know to go to that prayer meeting and sometimes I even prepared prayers beforehand so that I kind of knew what to say um, so it wouldn't be that weird when I pray but I really learned so much and I grew so much and became more yeah, familiar really with praying and, and now I just love it. And I'm one of the you know, leaders of, um, of our prayer team at my church now. But it was really a stretch. And so I guess one thing that I've learned was really to not give up or even, yeah, even when things are difficult to just keep on going and you know, um, keep on being faithful. And what I've also noticed is that Whenever I got familiar with doing something or whenever ever I got comfortable doing something, then usually God closed that door and pushed me to do something new, which is really good. Because that way, you know, I was able to learn just different, different things. And so again, like in California, I served in all kinds of ministries. But like I said, it was a really big church. So and then I moved to Virginia where I was part of a church plant, which obviously is totally different than a mega church. You know, I went, came from a church with thousands of people to a church that had like a handful of people. So it's a big difference. And I had to learn so many new things. You know, I had to do things that I never imagined, you know, I would do in ministry, like construction work, for example. Like we got our, like we got our own building after the first like couple of months but we didn't like we had to fix it up we had to build a sanctuary a children's church room all of that but we didn't have any money to hire a company to do that for us so we basically had to do it ourselves so yeah i was just helping to build everything build the stage build the sanctuary build the sound booth paint the walls and things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think about when you think about doing ministry, but it was still part of it. And, and then also, uh, so in California, like I said, I did pretty much everything, but one thing that I didn't do was children's church because I always thought, ah, no, I, I don't want to work with children. It's not really my thing. And I was kind of scared of children anyway. So yeah, I never did it. And then in Virginia, the senior pastor, he asked me to do children's church. And I was like, oh, no, I don't really want to do it. But he said, you know, I just should do it, even just for a few weeks. So so I thought, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it just to, you know, for a few weeks, just to get it over with. But then I ended up loving it so much. And it was probably my favorite thing that I did while I was over there. 
and I just had so much fun. And again, at first it was something totally new for me and I really had no idea how to do it. But again, I was relying on God and, you know, if my pastor had never pushed me to do that, I would have never found out that I just enjoyed so much to work with those kids. And yeah, again, it's just, I think the main thing really that I, or one of the things that I learned was to let God push me and stretch me and yeah, push me out of my comfort zone. Because that's, you know, the place where I can grow the most. And so you learned all about this like on the spot you didn't go to bible college or seminary um well i i also went to a christian school i um well and i studied christian ministries however i think like the school was great but i don't think i learned that much in terms of like how i apply it i mean it was just how should i guess you know, like it's one thing when you sit in the class and the teacher tells you something and it's a totally different thing when you actually do it. So I guess really most of the things that I learned or how I grew was by actually doing it, like by serving in the church and not so much what I learned from school, what, what I learned in school. Yeah. So if I might ask, what drew you to California in the first place? Was it just like to go to this church? Did you know that there was this calling from God in your life to be part of ministry in the States? Or mm, Okay, so the funny thing is, I never planned to do ministry in the States. So so when I lived in Germany, before I moved to the States, I kind of, kind of always had it in my heart to, I always thought like, hey, I want to go to the US. And, but I didn't really know why i guess um so but still i always had it on my heart so my plan was actually to go over there and just stay for one year and then go back to germany so during the first year so i attended community college and i actually majored in film and i you know because i thought like i want to make films and want to do that but then i found out pretty quickly that this is actually not something i want to do and that i'm not really talented in and it was about that time when God was really doing a work in my heart and was calling me into into the ministry. And that's when new days and new do- doors opened about like the Christian school that I was telling you about. And that was also the time when I started serving at the church that I was at. And I didn't know anything about the church before I came to the U.S., but um, the place where I stayed, like I stayed with a like a family or with a couple, and and they they were going to that church, so they just invited me to go with them. So I went, and I really loved it. And really, the first year I just went with them. I just attended. I didn't really serve, but then after that year, you know, when God put that passion in my heart to do full time ministry, and when I fell in love with Him more, that's when I started getting involved more at the church. You you mentioned that when you were going to church in California and you were being part of this prayer ministry, you didn't actually know how to pray. If you were to go back in time and talk to your past self, what would be the advice that you'd give yourself of like, here's how you talk to God? Well, I think that there's not really a right way or wrong way to pray. Like, first of all, I think like when we have our, you know, when we talk to God, it's just, you know, talk to him. Like a, like you talked um, to with a friend, but I think it's just a difference, you know, just when you talk to God personally or just you and him and when you are like part of a prayer team. But what would I tell myself? I think I would just tell myself like not to 
stress about it just to just to relax and you know to think about like hey what sounds good or what are other people saying but really just pray you know what what god puts on my heart and let it be genuine and not just say something that i hear other people say or that's something that sounds spiritual but you know i might not even know what it means and yeah just to be just relax and just you know pray like i would uh, or talk to yeah pray just like how, how i would talk to a friend so you went from california to virginia and now you're in germany again did you come back to germany because of ministry purposes were you coming back to see family and friends again or what's the story mm, there well one thing was just because of my visa so in California, I had a student visa, so I was could just, you know, it was easy for me to stay in the U.S. But then once I finished school, um, I didn't have a student visa anymore. And so I had a tourist visa, but with the tourist visa, it's way more complicated because I had to go back and forth all the time. And really the last two years, while when I was in Virginia, I was flying back and forth like all the time. And it was just really annoying. And it was really hard to, you know, like to really settle somewhere. And even as being a pastor at that church in Virginia, it's gone half of the year. It just, uh, <laughs> it didn't really work out. And it was just, you know, also put a lot of pressure on me and the senior pastor. And we said like, hey, it's really not a ideal situation. And so, yeah, you know, that's why we decided to, that it's probably better for me to, you know, move on and go to go back to Germany and see what God has for me here. And so far, what you found that God has in store for you, the part of another prayer ministry at your church. When you were in the States, and now that you've come back to Germany, uh, have you noticed any difference in cultural attitudes and how it relates to Christianity? Huh. Um, well, I would say probably... Not that much. I mean, I guess it depends on what area you look at. Like if you look at politics, for example, like I can definitely tell a difference. So here, the politicians don't really talk about God. That's not really, you know, something they mention. Uh, and some of them, they, you know, said in the past that they are Christians or that they read the Bible and they say it's important to pray. But it's not like, you know, for example, Donald Trump, who always talks about or like who calls the country to a day of prayer and to, you know, always says it's important to pray. And so I can definitely tell the difference there. So but besides that, I mean, I think if you look at the body of Christ, I didn't, can't really tell that much of a difference. So, like, in Germany, is, is there, like, if I might speak from my own experience, and this is, I realize this is totally different than uh, living in the States and living in Germany. Right now, I live in Canada. Uh, I used to live in Ireland. And living in Ireland, it's a country that is nominally Catholic, it, it has this Catholic identity, but the people there, most people don't care about Jesus or God. Mm -hmm. And the country is just, it's spiritually dead. It's the walking dead, basically. Mm. And so living as a Christian there, it's difficult, not in the sense that people are persecuting you, but it's difficult in the sense that you need to find a church community that is supportive 
and it can be very hard to do that. You, you don't have Christian bookstores over there. You don't have a whole lot of Christian influence in the country. And, and so when I came here to Canada and I was seeing advertisements for Bible studies and I was seeing Christian bookstores and I was seeing all these churches that were extremely popular. Like I, I think I've, I've never been to a church service in Ireland with more than 50 people, but here in Canada, there's, there are mega churches of like thousands of people. And like, I, I know Ireland and Canada are not the same thing as Germany and the US, but is there that same difference, I guess? Well, I mean, what I would say is still there's a lot of tradition here, like the, you know, like the traditional churches, like Catholic churches. But honestly, those kind of churches are really dying, like a lot of them. But really, what's what you see more? I mean, and you see you're there are a lot of churches here, like different kind of churches, like non-denominational churches, you know, like Hillsong and that kind of stuff. Um, York, oh yeah, there are multiple Hillsong churches in Germany. So and you have there's a lot lot of churches here. Like you wouldn't have any problem, you know, finding a church uh, for you. There's really tons of them. So and there are also Christian bookstores and things like that. But still, I would say though that for a lot of people in Germany, it's like Christianity like doesn't play a role in their lives or just like God, like a good amount of people would say like they believe in God or they believe in a higher power. But you know what, what does that really mean? You know, it doesn't really mean anything. But yeah, I would say it's um, definitely, you know, there are more churches and it's a different spiritual climate, like how you described it. There's an island. Um, so, but still, it's yeah. And again, again, it's just like from how I perceive it. So, and I guess if you would ask someone else, they maybe would tell you something different. But I would say it's probably a little bit drier than in the US. So, German churches are drier than yes. American churches. And uh, not the churches themselves, but just like the climate in general, like the okay. spiritual climate. Yeah. So, then if I might ask, what do you see as like the future of Germany and its its spiritual climate? Uh, good question. I mean, I... Because we were both at the Send. Yeah, yeah. And the people there were calling out for revival. Right. I really hope that because of like, especially because of everything that's been happening lately with, you know, churches being shut down and churches doing... Um, church online that you know people are being reached that otherwise wouldn't have been reached you know because like our church they, we have people watching our live stream that probably wouldn't would have never attended church but they're watching the live stream and you know and so that's a great thing so i believe that and i really hope and my prayer is that because of that whole crisis people are really you know starting to ask the question like what is life really about and what am i living for and that this maybe can spark a revival and especially what i think was yeah what i yeah what i think was so great was to see the unity in the body of christ during that time and just a month ago or so the prayer house or like the house of prayer you know like how they have like the international house of prayer in the u.s so they have the same kind of thing here. And so that House of Prayer hosted a online prayer session. And 
it was so great because they had different pastors from all kinds of churches, from all kinds of um, denominations join. And it was just so neat to see, you know, how they are just Pentecostals, Baptists, Catholics even. And they all joined like online and just prayed. And I think I really thought that was so good to see like how the body of Christ just comes together. And it's, it wasn't like, hey, we're doing our thing, you do your thing. But it was just really bringing all the denominations together. And I think that's really what it takes in order for revival to happen. Because what I've been seeing a lot, and not just in Germany, but everywhere, is just this unity in the body of Christ. And um, or arguing about minor issues and even just talking negative about each other. And I don't think revival can happen if there's so much disunity in the body of Christ. So that's really something that I thought was so good to see like how the how different denominations come together. And that's also really one of my main, really what I'm praying for all the time is just unity in the body of Christ. And there might be minor differences, but eventually, you know, we still serve the same God and we all want the same. We all want to live for Jesus and we all want to build his kingdom and arguing about things that are really not that important. It's, it's not going to help anything. And arguing about what? I don't know. I mean, it's just like arguing about things like, you know, all the spiritual gifts for today or things like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know, like how that there are different topics where people have different opinions about. I was saying like how you should do church. And sometimes I think, you know, Christians believe, you know, we know everything and, we, and our way is the right way. But, you know, I'm just saying like, hey, if you're a believer, if you love Jesus, you want to follow him. You know, I'm not going to argue with you about minor topics. Um, there's a part of me that wants to continue on, but it's also four in the morning where I live. Oh. And so I, I think right now we're going to try and wrap things up. I'm going to try and get a good night's sleep. But before, yes. before, before we end things, is there anything that uh, you want to plug, promote, anything that you want to say? Um, well... I just want to promote Jesus. I mean, he's really the best thing that has ever happened to me. And, you know, I mean, really just living for Jesus, it's really what gives me purpose. And if you listen to this and you already know Jesus, let me just tell you that even though you know him already, there's just so much more that he has for you. So never stop pursuing him, never stop going after him, but always be hungry for more. Never lose that hunger for him, but always, you know, be ready and for what he has in store for you and keep seeking him and spend time with him because he has just so much more for you than you could, could ever imagine. So, yeah, it's really, I just want to promote Jesus. It's a good idea to promote. <laughs> He's a good man. Died for sins. Yes. yes. Well, uh, that's, that should be everything for now. Auf Wiedersehen. Good night. No. Guten Morgen. Good night. Guten Morgen. Yeah. Well, I guess Whatever. Who yeah. cares? Good night. <laughs> good night. This has been Because We're Not the Same a podcast hosted, produced, and edited by Nathan Raymond Ray, with special guest Martin Dietz. To listen to more episodes, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Verbal, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You can also visit our Facebook page or our website, bwntscast.wordpress.com. 
If you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, feel free to reach out to us and we'll see about having you on. Thank you for listening.